0: Thanks. Uh, well, I am Pastor Neil. Yeah. <laughs> just Neil's fine, by the way, everyone. Um, thanks, Mitch. Thanks, committee, for, for that. Like, it's interesting, eh, when you look at it and when they've broken it down for us to so just see, you know, that's the power of community, it really is. Um, yeah, so I uh, just have to have a drink of water. It, this is the first time being have been here. I've been away for a little while. I've been on holidays and um, went down to Adelaide and for the last probably, we went for about 10 days, me and my wife Jo, she's not here this morning. It's our 30th anniversary, she hasn't left me. <laughs> we're going to get to 31, we're going to get to 100. No, <laughs> but um, had a great time uh, just relaxing and everything but I'll tell you what, it just feels so good. Like I've been coming to church but today, Again, it just feels good to be here. This is the right place, you know, for us. Um, Sorry, the guys are taking up offering, which wasn't uh, something that I said to do because I didn't remember. That's the only reason. (laughs) Um, But it it was really good. We got to uh, experience cold weather, rain, green grass, hills. Has anyone seen hills? But it was just so nice. We went to Maggie Beer's farm. Um, if anyone knows Maggie Beer, she's sort of famous, motherly thing. I had a photo in her kitchen where they do their show. Um, I think it's good, what is it? the cook and the chef. Yeah, so I'm going to Instagram that later. I don't have Instagram. Sorry, guys. So if you're trying to look for me to follow me, you're not going to find me. Um, but it's been interesting as, as you have time off. Um, and you get the chance to just reflect and relax. It's amazing how much you really appreciate God, seriously, just how good he is. And this morning, as the people were singing, as you know, communion was brought, as all these things are happening, you just feel that one of the messages that just kept coming through to me was God is for you. And I think um, one of the things that I said in my last message um, was God loves you. That's it. God loves you, and sometimes that's really hard to believe. And this morning, I wanted to talk on a passage in uh, one John about that love. And the reason is that there's there's a, a, a certain there's two verses that just speak straight to my heart. The whole thing does, but that captured my attention about the love of God and the way we react to each other, to other people, and even to God, and how confident we feel in his love for us, right? So I've got no doubt that many of you have people in your life and maybe even God in your life where you feel like you can never measure up to them. Um, And I'll talk a little bit about that in terms of uh, that measuring up, that how we, as human beings, without judgment, manipulate, we can destroy, we can uh, inhibit people in becoming who they're meant to be and on the other hand we can let that person that is judging us which is not love control who we are. We we never who we really truly are because every moment of our life is spent trying to please that person. We are trapped in this place where we're like, if I don't do this for them, they're going to treat me a certain way. They're judging me all the time that I'm never going to measure up to the standard that they have for me. Now, that can happen in any relationship, can't it? Uh, it could be a boss-worker relationship. You can never please a boss, always on your back, never happy with anything you do. It can be with a, a friend. You've got friends like that where they're not truly your friends, by the way, just so you know that, that, that every time you see them, you meet them, or you're around them, you feel like you've got to measure up to the standard that they have or they're going to reject you. Now, that's because you're not confident. It's because you don't really know who you are in Christ, that you're not really settled in the love of God, which, which would actually give you the strength in those situations to not worry about it. Maybe it's your mum, your dad... You're always trying to please them and it feels like the more you do, the less they love you. You're like, if I don't do it right, you almost feel as if the love's going to be withdrawn and then if you do it right, the love's back. They're pleased with me now. There's this yo-yo thing. It can be with a husband and wife. Can't it? You know, a wife that's always afraid that if she doesn't do the right thing, the husband's going to withdraw his love from her. A husband that feels that if he's not doing the right thing, the wife's going to withdraw her love from him. It could be with your kids, your parents. There's a lot of parents that get manipulated by their kids. They're, they don't want to be parents because they're afraid that if they discipline their children, their children won't love them. If I do this, they're going to withdraw their love and, and you're so desperate because you're so insecure in who you are, that you need that. You need that approval. And we're going to read um, a passage very shortly about the love of God. And in the book of John, if you read through it, you can easily misread it in the way that when you look at it, you're like, this book is telling me that I'm not good enough. This book is telling me that I am really falling short as a Christian and I'm not loving people and therefore I'm not a Christian. Now, there's some truth in that, like as we read through it, it'll say things like, if you can't love your brother who you can see, how can you truly love God? And you're questioning all those things in your life, but the book is not written to show you only that, that the way you're thinking is wrong, the way you're loving is wrong, but it's also to show you that actually your life can be transformed through the power of the love of Christ in your life, the love of God. So here's our last relationship, God and you. God and you. Do you feel that at any moment God would withdraw his love from you? Are you confident? Are you living in this place where you know that no matter what, God loves you, that you are so convinced and utterly um, dwelling in his love that you know that even even if you do a misstep, God's love's for you. Are you a Christian who's afraid on the day of judgment, when you stand before God, that he's going to find you guilty? And your whole life you are so spent trying to get the love of God, trying to prove that you are worthy of his love, trying to make sure that he loves you by by following rules or or things like that, that that you've found the Bible, this rule book, that if I can just obey those rules, God will love me. And your whole life you're operating that way as a Christian. If only I did more, if only I prayed more, if only I gave more, if only I... Whatever it might be, if I, I did this less, then God will love me. And then I wouldn't need to be afraid on the day that I die, when I get before God in judgment, that, that he, would, he would weigh things up and he'd say, actually, you were a good person, uh, you can come into heaven. Or... Are you afraid, even as a Christian, someone's born again, you do not understand the truth of the death of Jesus Christ and that you can walk into heaven and you are not afraid of God's judgment because you understand his perfect love for you. And that's the verses I wanted to really talk about today. Because because it says in this passage that if you're afraid, you're afraid because of judgment. You are scared that God will judge you and he will find you guilty because you're just not good enough. But then it says, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear and it's interesting today that we were... In through the messages and the speaking, it was like, you know what, this world is full of fear. Can you turn on the TV for one moment and not find out that everything in your life is just about to be torn away from you? That you're not going to have enough money, that you're going to get sick, that there's going to be a famine, that there's going to be war, that, that nothing that you do is of any worth because in the end we're all doomed anyway. Fear is one of those overriding things that is projected on us daily and we do believe it, don't we? And what we've done is we've tended to transfer ourselves into this way of thinking and we're like, well, I can't trust God because everything's too bad. I can't actually fully trust God at all because everything's so bad as if God could help me. And we forget that the love of God casts out all fear. Perfect love. And that Jesus told us, don't be anxious. There's a verse I was reading last week in Philippians. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. And who here today is sitting here going, I am actually anxious. But Jesus is saying, don't be anxious, don't worry. And then Paul, when he's writing, is like, don't be anxious about anything. Because he understood who God was, the love that he had for them. Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Thank God for what he's done. Ask him for what you need. Then the peace of God will come and guard your heart and your mind. Don't be anxious. And so I just wanted to read through this and and point out some of the things in your life where it might be that You actually are not loving people well, because you are actually judging them. Your your love is not perfected. Now, that's not to say that you need to feel like you're a nobody, a worm, and that you can't be any good, but it's a wake-up call for you to start to think, am I living and abiding in Christ Jesus? Because if you do, the love of God is transferred through you in the way you act and the way you think. So let's read from 1 John 4, and we're going to start at verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. We have seen Him with our own eyes and our testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. They live in God. We know how much God loves us. We have put our trust in His love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God who we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Pretty powerful, isn't it? Afraid of punishment. The thing is with God that it all starts with abiding in Him. And I would have to say that there are many people today who even now think that God is not love. Shannon was talking a little bit before about moving out and talking to people about God, but how do we present God? You're a sinner, God will punish you, you better come to him. Or you're a sinner, God is love, Jesus took your sin, come to him. There's such a big difference between the way we we talk about things and, and the way that love actually works through us. You see, when we love people, we start to talk truth to them, but it's in love. I remember once talking with someone who had been at, um, at our church for a little while. They were in some group and they were just whinging and complaining about them all the time and saying they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong, and, and everything's wrong. And I said, what? He said, I told them. And I said, you know what? Even if it's true, they're not going to hear you because you don't love them. Two years later, fast forward, still in that group, still with them, some things happened, he started speaking about exactly the same thing, he came and talked to me, he said, you know what, they loved it, they loved what I said, they received it, they, they understood what I was saying. Why? Because the difference was that he now was not judging them, he was not going to punish them by withdrawing something or leaving the group or whatever it might be, because now love was beginning to flow. It is so easy to fall in that trap of not loving that comes through this, the punishment or the judgment. As a person, what are you like with people in your life? How confident do you think that they are that you love them? That no matter what, your love is always going to be towards them, you are always for them, you are always on their side, you are always in their corner that even when they fail, you're the person that's there to help them up. You're not there to criticise them, tell them you, you deserve it, I told you so, this is just exactly what I said would happen, withdraw your love. When you're in an argument with someone, well, I'm not speaking to you for three years. I'm not speaking to you for a day. I'm not speaking to you for two days. I'm going to withdraw my love. In other words, my love, it has a connection to what you do for me. I'm interested in you changing for my benefit. I am not interested in you changing for your benefit so that you can live more in the love of God. And you see, when we understand the true love of God, it's this, that he sent Jesus Christ while we were still sinners. He died for us, and in, in that passage we read, it says that what more could God do to show us that he loves us? He sent his son Jesus. So that we who were trapped in sin could be free, that it didn't mean that we were perfect people all of a sudden, but what it meant was this that you might think sometimes that God is not pleased with you, so he will not accept me. But God said to Jesus on the day he was baptized from heaven, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The offering of Jesus Christ was pleasing to God. It's not about whether we please God or not. We should please God, don't get me wrong. But what happens is because we don't have the confidence that God loves us, we don't actually please God. We don't act in a way that is confident towards him. And that verse that Matt said at the beginning, you know, that now we boldly come into this throne room of grace to receive what we need in the time of our need, we're walking into that place because we know that God is not going to turn us away. God is for us, not against us. Christian, the reason that you are saved and set free and God has washed away your sin isn't because of anything of your righteousness or the goodness that you've done. It's because of Jesus Christ. And he is pleased in Christ. He is eternally pleased in Christ, who came and gave his life for us as sinners. And because of that, as he looks through the blood of Jesus Christ, he looks at you and he is pleased with you. He is pleased to have you as a child. He is pleased to have you as someone he loves. He's pleased. You don't need to perform anything for God to love you. And in fact, it will stop you being who you're meant to be if that's what you think God wants from you. I'm going to keep performing, and then God will love me. No, God loves me. And therefore, because I am confident and I'm bold in that, I step out into who God has made me, what He wants me to be. And I know that I have defeated sin in my life because of Jesus Christ. I am confident. I am bold, and I love the verse in Proverbs that says the righteous are as bold as lions, that, that those who know and understand what Jesus Christ has done for them, they don't care. They stand up. They have the love of God so in them that if someone says, do you love Jesus, they're not carrying backwards. They're like, yep, damn straight, I love Jesus. I put my hand up. You better believe I love him. Do you know why I love him? Because God first loved me. This is the response as I I begin to think about Jesus Christ and what he's done. People will say, you know, that, that I can't love God. Well, how about you spend some time thinking about what he's done for you? I can't love others. Start thinking about what God has done for you. And it's great It's great to know and experience that when things are good but when things are bad and things aren't exactly how you want them to be and you are struggling with life, it makes no difference to the love of God. He loves you. And isn't that what we need to experience as Christians? Not just know about it. There's so many people that know a lot about the Scriptures but they don't know God. They don't love their brother and sisters. They know so much about the scripture that they can use it to criticise and condemn everyone that they see who's a Christian. They can use the scripture to find out how everyone is falling short of what God has for them. And by doing that, they're, they're, they're placing a shackle on that person. Think about it. Even someone who comes up here this morning, well we'll use Shannon as an example. She's come up here, she's she's spent some time seeking God, I, I've, I've got to do communion, and, and this is how it works. The person who loves goes, good on you, Shannon. Good on you for stepping up there, for, for preaching the word of God. Maybe it wasn't all right. I'm not saying it wasn't, Shannon. <laughs> but maybe it wasn't. Maybe she made a boo-boo. Maybe she, she said the wrong verse number, whatever it might be. Maybe she didn't. Say in Jesus' name at the end of her prayer, so therefore, she didn't say it in Jesus' name, therefore it's defunct. But you have someone who loves, how do they, they handle that? First of all, they have a relationship with that person. Do you really think that you can love people outside of a relationship? I'll tell you what, it is so easy to love people who you have nothing to do with. It's so easy to be nice and kind, you know, you can see it on Facebook. Oh, good on you, girl. You go, girl. You're awesome. But <laughs> spend a day with that person, maybe your, your thoughts will be different. Because guess what? They're probably not perfect after all, they're probably not always awesome. But you see, love overlooks so much. It covers so much in other people's lives. And when we look on them, rather than looking in judgment, again, Shannon's up here preaching away, trying to do her best. She fumbled. Oh, look at that. <laughs> she didn't get the right microphone. What a loser. <laughs> Come back, Shannon. <laughs> but the person of love would be like, who cares? This lady has a a relationship with God. She wants to love. She wants to speak about God. I just want the best for her. I'm cheering her on. You know what the person with judgment does? They look with those eyes and they just... Have you ever been in an exam or or anything like that where you're trying to please someone and you just can't? You know, you you normally drive whatever, driving test. You normally drive... I won't say one-handed because that's wrong. (laughs) But you're driving normally, you obey every rule, it's easy, you're relaxed, and you get that person, the person who's judging you, taking you for your driving test. All of a sudden, do I have to turn the indicator on? Have I looked in the mirror? Is the seat adjusted right? Am I going too fast? What am I doing wrong? The consciousness that comes in you is this, isn't it? When you're being judged, what are you conscious of? Everything you're doing wrong right? It's true, isn't it? We do exams to find out what we don't know, not what we do know, really, so they can go, oh, red cross. Why do you think they use red writing to show you your mistakes? I just want to highlight that. (laughs) That's what we think of God sometimes, isn't it? We're like, God's there with his red pen marking my life. He's just going to show me exactly what I've done wrong. No, God's like this oh, you didn't do it right, that's okay, come on, let's do this together, Let, let's walk together in this road, let's, let's get things done. Uh, wife and husband, same thing, you know, like, oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you're a useless wife, whatever. Um, what have you been doing all day? You've only got three kids to look after, why isn't the house out Maybe this, like, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there. I, I'm presuming, uh, being a husband, that all... Mums do is find friends to have coffee with during the day. (coughs) Do nothing, get home and then tell you they need some help, right? No, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) I better run. (laughs) But you see, why is that? Because so often we don't heart connect with people, right? We don't connect our heart with people, It's like coming to a church and not connecting with people outside of Sunday. What's the point? You may as well watch it on the internet, to be honest, and be part of that community. Because true love is worked out in relationship, which only happens in community. You cannot have true relationship without community, and you cannot have it if you choose not to belong. If you choose to withdraw yourself, if you choose not to connect in, or if you're so judgmental. You see, the thing about God loving us regardless of anything, it frees us up to be whoever he wants us to be. We're always confident that God is on our side, which means that when we, we, we do mess up or when, when we feel like God is, is not going to love us, he loves us anyway. And I step into this confidence. I did struggle with this a little bit myself in marriage, right? When I first got married to to Joe, I would feel sometimes that if I messed up, Joe wouldn't love me. If maybe I didn't say the right thing or or do something like that, maybe she would withdraw her love from me and that's because of a couple of experiences in my life and let's not be crazy, we've all got those experiences, right? When we've been rejected. the first thing you need to do if that's you is actually find your worth and your meaning in God, not in people to start with. That's the first step. You see, when I know that God loves me unconditionally and I'm confident in that, I become confident in who I am, I can live confidently in life, regardless of whether people approve of me or not. Jesus was highly disapproved of at times, yet I doubt there was one moment in his life that he did not feel fulfilled and filled with the love of God, that he ever felt that he was less than because he knew his Father and he knew that if he abided in his Father and his Father abided in him, then it didn't matter what and, and it's the same with us as we're called to do that. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Jesus prayed that we would be one and he, as him and his father are one. In other words, it's that relationship, that stickability, that, that oneness that actually drives the confidence because you're never afraid that you're going to lose the love of a person. You're never afraid that they're going to disapprove of you because you know that they love you. So I had to really work through that with Joe. because I did feel that that might happen, that, that maybe she would reject me too. And do you know what that does? If you believe that a person doesn't love you, even if they do, you still don't get to experience that love. Is that right? No matter how much they try to convince you, that they try to say, hey, I love you so much, and they really mean it, if you don't believe it, you never receive that love. And I would say there are many Christians today that would be in that boat. I've never felt the love of God, but you don't really believe God loves you. How can you possibly experience it? If you're saying, I don't believe you love me, God. I don't believe you love me, God. I don't believe you love me, God. It's time to give yourself over to him and say, I know you love me. How do I know it? You gave Jesus for me. Even when I was a sinner, you gave your son for me so that we could be restored into relationship. What further proof do you need? What else do you need? Do you need an angel from heaven to come and tell you that God loves you? You probably still wouldn't believe that. Jesus told the story of a man who died and he went, went wherever he went. And he said, can you please let me go back and talk to them? At least then they'll believe that that you're there, that they need to change their life. And the answer was, even if you go back, they're not going to believe you. Mind was set. And so often we're set like that too. How often have you felt that God doesn't love you? I don't know, because I'm not you. But, But there's definitely times in my life when I've thought like that. I don't anymore at all. Like, It's literally, you could not convince me ever that God didn't love me. But there's been times when I wondered that. Does God really love me? Am I really worth it? It's not your decision. Jesus came because God said you're worth it, whether you think it or not. And this is where the God-assigned value is so powerful because it's really nothing to do with you. God's saying, you're worth it. i sent send my son for you. I made you, I love you. You don't have to receive it. You don't have to believe it. But it's true anyway. But as Christians, isn't this the prayer that Paul, Paul prayed in the Ephesians? I pray that you might experience the love of Christ. I want you to experience it, even though you'll never fully understand it. I want you to understand it as much as you can. I want you to experience it because knowing about it only is not enough. It's when the fullness of that love fills your heart and that passage tells us that we know God's love because he's also sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And he shows us his love. So what are we to do about it? As a family person, don't withdraw your love. Don't punish people because they didn't do what you wanted. Is there punishment? Of course. But there's never withdrawal of love. Because a person who corrects in love knows that any wound that they Give, heals. When you're in a body of Christ, don't be a criticising, horrible person. I bet you you're trying to do the best you can. I bet you you're trying to love God the best you can. Don't judge other people's motives. They might be impure, but we, we can sometimes have a judgment on people, how they're acting, yes. But don't judge them. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know if this morning I got up and felt, I don't even know if I can preach today. You don't know that. That's happened before. When I've woken up, I'm like, God, I don't know what. Am I really worth it? Am I in the right place? Am I... And the last thing you want is someone who doesn't know you, doesn't love you, does not have a relationship, coming up to you and telling you everything you've done wrong. Because they're not living from love. They've got no interest in your welfare. They're interested in themselves. You see, when you understand the love of God, and you know with confidence you're entering into his heavenly home for you. You're not afraid of judgment. You understand the fullness of Christ's death, burial and resurrection and how it got rid of all your sin. when you understand the love of God, it releases you into your purpose, it gives you freedom, and when other people walk in that love towards you, it also releases them, which means that if you are a person who judges others all the time, withdraws love, has conditional love for people, your kids, your spouse, your friends, your family, whatever it might be, you're stopping them being who they're meant to be. Sometimes it just happens unknowingly, we have expectations on, on other people. I know my kids, they're sometimes like that. It's lovely that they want to please me, but sometimes they don't understand how I really feel about them. You know, one of them said, You know, um, if I took this job, I thought you'd be disappointed because I'm not using the education I've got. Why would I be disappointed? Another one was struggling at uni but didn't want to talk to me about it because they were afraid that um, if they quit, I'd be disappointed in them. (laughs) Come on. Do you know how high and hard that is when, like, I'm, I'm sure I didn't have that expectation. I did want them to be diligent. I did want them to work hard. I did want all these things, and they're good. It's good to have expectations. But I don't want them to feel that if that expectation is not met that somehow my love for them fades away. Somehow they're not worth as much to me anymore, that they've disappointed me, I'm not pleased and, and perhaps they're a little bit afraid that I'd be angry at you or whatever. I don't know. Who in your life has done that to you? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I just feel so trapped in my life honestly don't even know if this person really loves me. You know what? They actually might not. I don't know. I don't know. But regardless of that, we cannot base our confidence on what other people think or say because we are trapped by them. As soon as they have control of your life, you're not you anymore. The funny thing about God is that... <laughs> Even though we become his prisoner, in a way, we're freer than ever before. We're not bound by the expectations of other people. We're we're living for this one who loves us and just wants us to be the best us that we can be, to be who he's created us to be. So if you're a person who judges everyone, withdraws your love, stop it. How do you do that? Draw close to God. As simple as that. Get into his presence. Learn who he is because that love will flow out of you. Do you speak harshly? Do you speak unkindly to people? That traps them too. Do you lie to people? Do you manipulate them by even flattering them? by making them feel good about themselves because if you do that, then they'll love you. I can't speak truth. Maybe this is someone you have a relationship with. I'm scared if I actually say the truth, they will reject me. Honestly, I felt so good today in worship. <laughs> can I just encourage anyone who wants to worship a bit more freely, sit at the front. I started in that chair, I ended in that chair. <laughs> you close your eyes, you can lift your hands, there's no one there next to you. It's good. <laughs> but why was I so happy? God loves me. Honestly. If you understand that, you'll be so confident. You'll be so happy, you'll be so full of joy because there's nothing, nothing, the Bible says nothing can separate you from God's love. Isn't that beautiful? Not height nor depth, hell, nothing. Trouble, calamity, nothing. Nothing can separate you from his love. It's pretty awesome, it really is. And you know the best thing? Uh, what, what I love is this, Well, not the best, thing. it's a good thing. When it comes to that anxiety and stuff like that that might be in your life, let me tell you this, that if you died of COVID, you go to heaven. Seriously. <laughs> and I think that's why Paul could write, death, where's your victory? Whereas the steam? There's nothing in it. Like, There's nothing. <laughs> Come on. You're just released into God's love and his care forever. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Win-win. <laughs> win if you stay, win if you go. Look, I believe that my personal belief is that God wants you to live a full and meaningful life. You know that he will satisfy you and show you his salvation on earth. But guys, I want you to think carefully this week. Number one, do you feel loved? Do you know the love of God? I can tell you right now that if you are a critical, horrible person, you don't know God's love. You can't. It's simple as that. You might even be a Christian, but there's this perfecting that happens in us, right? Right? I know I love Joe more now than I did when I first married her. It grows deeper. It grows better. Our relationship firms up. It doesn't have to. You can destroy that. And from the moment I became a Christian today, I knew God loved me because, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. But I don't want to live out of head knowledge about that. I want to experience the love of Christ, which I have experienced. And I want to grow in that love of Christ. Because as I do that, I love more. So if you have trouble loving other people, let me tell you this. Don't try and fix it, because you can't. Learn about God's love, and you'll be able to. Live in his love, you'll be able to love. It is as simple as that and I know that I'm a more tender hearted person today than I was when I got saved even though I I feel I was quite tender back then but and it's interesting men one thing I've (laughs) I've heard and I've been told and I actually think it's true is that men, Christian men that I know as they get older things will set them to tears a lot more easily that move their heart Because they're understanding the love of God and how deep it is. And I don't know about women, but I am a man, and I know that's happened in my life. You just see something on TV, and you're like, oh, lassie, come home. (laughs) No, it's true. I really want to pray for people who have never experienced the love of God this morning, that you've known in your head, yeah, God loves me, but you've never actually thought, you've actually never really believed it. I would love to pray for you this morning. Um, that's my hope. That you wouldn't hide away and go, oh, you yeah, know, that's what I can't admit that. You know, that's so bad because people would be judging me. But I would hope that this church has a freedom to say, if you need help, you ask for it. If you're struggling in your marriage, you go and talk to your mate, they don't judge you. They go, whoa, let's fix this up. That you'd be able to say to people, hey, I'm not perfect, I'm struggling, without feeling ashamed and embarrassed, but just like, what's God here for, guys? Come on, Jesus didn't come for the well. He came for the sick, right? Right? Just like a doctor doesn't treat well people, they treat sick people. And Jesus is in the business of turning your life around. He's there to heal your relationship and your marriage if you want it. He's there to to work on your life where you struggle if you want it. The problem is that most of us Christians are like men. We only go to the doctor when we're actually dead. (laughs) And so I want this church to be be like that, that we can actually freely admit our faults to one another, not to everyone and wash our dirty, whatever, hang out our dirty laundry, whatever it is. I don't even know that saying, why do I use it? Hang out your dirty laundry. But shouldn't we be free to be able to talk to someone we're in a relationship with, who we know, if we tell them, hey man, I am struggling, that we wouldn't be afraid that they'd turn us away and go, well, you can't be part of this fellowship. Uh, You really need to go because you're interrupting our perfection. (laughs) Come on. Come on. We want to be that place that when someone is succeeding in life, we're right behind them. When, you know, Shannon's giving communion, we're all behind her. Good on you, Shannon. When someone does well, that we celebrate with them. We're on their side, not like, oh, they should have done that, you <laughs> know. But we also want to be the people that cry with those that are crying. We weep with those that weep, we struggle. We help carry one another's heavy burdens, just like Christ ordered us to. Anyway, if you want that love, that feeling of that love, I don't know what God will do, but all I can promise is that he is. That's when we pray. And I'd love that you experience that love, that you can be the person that God created you to be, unafraid to be able to boldly enter into his presence, whether you think you're good enough or not. Because the reason we enter into that throne and roof of grace is so that we can receive help in the time of our need. Let's stand and... um, We'll sing, whatever we're singing. (laughs) But if that's you this morning, please don't delay. Just come up the front. Just want to pray that you experience God's love. I don't know. I would hope that all of us have, but um, no, we haven't. Because you're not a confident Christian. You're ashamed, you're scared, you're afraid. You don't know if God loves you, if you're good enough. But I just want that to be broken over your life today because that's rubbish. That's absolute rubbish. In a way, we're all not good enough. But in Christ Jesus, (laughs) we have been transformed. Our sins have been forgiven. Our faults have been overlooked. That's a good thing. Yeah?